for us to say, oh, what a Savior. Isn't he wonderful? To sing hallelujah, Christ is risen, a Savior means that there are those of us in need of saving. That you and I, to say that Christ, you are my Savior, admits that I am in fact in need of saving. I don't know about you, but one who is in need of saving doesn't have much to offer in saving oneself, but a God has to pursue them. What a Savior. A God who pursues us. A a God who pursues me. We sing hallelujah because we've been pursued by Almighty God in ways that we might not even be aware of. But we can respond back saying hallelujah. What a Savior. It's good to be among brothers and sisters like myself who have responded to, yes, Lord, I need you as my Savior. And hopefully you can hear me past my kurtu. You guys, I don't know if you notice I'm wearing something that I typically don't wear, but it will make sense in a moment. We have, uh, we are a church that is on mission. We are a part of a global church. It's not just in Los Angeles. It's not just at Bel Air. This is our local expression of a global church of what God is doing in and around the globe because God is pursuing people. That's the God that we serve. And so we join him in his mission. We just had a team come back from Harbin, China. Uh, They returned safely, praise God. Uh, We have, yes. We have a team in preparation right now to be sent to Johannesburg, South Africa. So they are in preparation. They're anticipating. You know, they're just super excited about going. Uh, We have Pastor JJ and his wife and his friends here from Manaus, Brazil. Please stand. Thank you. You'll learn more about their ministry. But today, Pastor Ponraj... Pastor Panraj is a missionary uh, in North India. He's from South India, but he's heard the call and he's responded to God's call and he's been sent to North India. And he's ministering in an incredible way. He's been ministering for 40 years, 40 years as a, minist- as a missionary in Bihar. And he's pastor, a senior pastor of uh, Bihar Christian Church. And you've been faithfully serving God. You've been faithfully serving and, and seeking God's people with the heart of God. And so today, just as you celebrate on your 60th birthday, you celebrate the faithfulness of God. And today we get to hear about God's faithfulness. But know that this is not just about learning new information. This is not just about gaining new insights about India. This is about God sending us, calling us into action So I want you to be listening, but I want you to be anticipating. You're going to be asked to do something. God's not going to leave you here without asking you to move, to respond. So are you ready? I want you to be in that place. I want you to be on the edge of your seat anticipating, God, how would you send me? Would you please welcome Pastor Panraj? Thank you. Dear pastors, church elders, dear brothers and sisters, I bring greetings from India. Special greetings from Bihar Christian Church. Thank you. Thank you. It is indeed a great joy and privilege for me to be part of this worship service and to share with you God's word. Well, we have been partners for the last 12 years. Do you know that? Some of you, uh, you must be knowing Some of you have visited us, and I have been here for a few times. So thank you for your faithfulness in prayer and support to the work in Bihar State. What we call it is a strategic partnership, all right? Because India is a strategic country in world evangelization. India with 1.3 billion people. That means if there are six people standing, There'll be always one Indian, all right? You cannot ignore Indians. (laughs) But friends, India and China together, we represent one third of world population. If at all we are interested in the world evangelization, we have to be serious about reaching India and China. 
That's why we call it a strategic partnership. By the way, India is not a Hindu country as much as America is not a Christian country, all right? <laughs> India is a secular country. We have the freedom of religion to believe, to practice, and to propagate one's faith. It's a constitutional freedom. Even though some Hindu fanatics, Hindu militants, they work against Christians, but people by and large, constitutionally, we are a secular country. But also the church in India is growing. At the time of independence, we had only 2% Christians. Now we have about 7% Christians. Hallelujah. Yes. The church has grown. Even the missionaries, I'm a missionary from South India to North India, about 3,000 kilometers or 2,000 miles. So within India, we are missionaries. Like me, there are about 100,000 missionaries. We are all serving. We are, very, we are committed to the evangelization of India. But especially, you know, friends, India is not just one country. It is a country within many countries, many countries within a country. And each state is a country. Like my state, Bihar, there are 110 million people. All right, that's one third of your country. 110 million people and 50 unreached people groups. But the Lord is at work. I've been a missionary in Bihar for the last 26 years and in North India over 40 years. And we have seen the growth in mission history. Bihar was known as the graveyard of missions. Have you ever heard that kind of nickname? The graveyard of missions. But by the prayers of God's people around the world, like you, God is transforming from graveyard into vineyard. In the last 20 years, yes, about, in the last 20 years, about 200,000 people were baptized and 10,000 churches are planted, hallelujah. Now you can clap hands, hallelujah, yes. So we are on the victor's side. We are going forward. Mission is always a celebration. Today is a celebration. That's why we clap hands and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Friends, yet the work is enormous. We ourselves cannot reach India and Bihar state. And I have come with a request that you stand with us and support us and pray for us. And especially I want to share with you one people group. We have 50 large people groups in Bihar, one people group called Mushahars. Mushahar Mushahars means rat eaters. Mush means rat, ahar means food. Even constitutionally they are called rat eaters. Think of that kind of name. They are called the Dalits. They are the untouchables in the Hindu society. They are the poorest of the poor, oppressed, suppressed, marginalized. They are hopeless, but God loves them and we love them, and we have adopted that people group, and I have a video to show to you, the Mushahars, the rat eaters, now by the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are transformed, they are becoming golden Mushahars. Yes.
great harvest. The end time harvest is ready. Healing rain is coming down. It's coming nearer to this old time. Rich and poor, weak and strong, it's bringing mercy. Mushahars, the rat eaters, now transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the power of the gospel. You know, as we pray, as we share the gospel, they are coming in thousands. We have set a goal to reach one million Mushahars by 2020. And we are achieving the target. We have reached about 60% of the people. And we are expecting about 200 churches now planted and still we are going forward. So please come over and help us. We need you people to pray for us and support us. And for more information, we have a booklet there you can take. Friends, this morning, if the Lord is calling us to be involved in mission, what is the message? I have taken Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, the very familiar passage they lost and found the three parables. The parable of the sheep, the parable of the coin, and the parable of the lost son. I find a central message in all the three parables. The message is, mission brings joy to our heavenly father. Mission fathers joy. There are five things common in all the three parables and they're very important for our missionary work. The first of all, something was lost. A sheep was lost. A coin was lost. A son was lost. The Bible says, we are lost in sin. All are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one is good. And the wages of sin is death. And therefore, we are lost in sin. The Lord said, we are sheep without a shepherd. We all have gone astray from God. And that is the first message, why we have to be involved in mission. Second thing that is common into all these three parables they were searched. The shepherd went and searched the sheep. The lady was searching the coin. And father was searching the son. So we have to go and search. Jesus said the son of man has come to seek and to save which was lost. And it is our mission. We have to go and search. Yes, we have to go and search. Without going, no mission. We have a great heritage of sending missionaries from the Presbyterian Church to our country. That's why we are Christians. But where are the modern missionaries? 
we all have to go. Jesus said, go into all the world. Yes, we are reminded we are global God. We are global Christians. And we have a global mission. We have to go. Some of you can go on short-term term mission. Some can go for full-time missionary work. We have to go to the highways and byways, to the jungles, to the cities, to the towns and villages, wherever we are. We are all missionaries. We have to go. The third thing that we see common in these parables, they were searched. Not only the shepherd was going, but he was searching. The lady was searching, and the father was searching. Yes, we have to search. But also, we see they were found. The third thing that we see, they were found. Not only searching, they found the coin, they found the sheep, they found the son. Friends, in our mission work, it is not enough to go. It is not enough to search. We have to see the people converted, baptized. We have to see salvation of people. Without salvation, without born again, without conversion, our missionary work is incomplete. Often we go and talk about Jesus, give a tract, maybe radio evangelism, TV evangelism, and forget about, you know. All our mission work must result in finding the people, bringing them to salvation. And that is very clear. The fourth lesson we learned, they were brought back to the original status. The shepherd brought the sheep back to the sheepfold. The lady brought the coin into the chain. And the son was brought back to his home. Friends, the goal of mission is always conversion, baptism, church planting, and church growth. If your people are not converted, baptized, and brought into the fellowship of the church, our mission is incomplete. All Christian activities are not mission. I am for holistic mission. We have to do social work. We have to help the poor and needy. But we cannot stop there. We have to show the love of Jesus through all our activities. But the end purpose is they must know Jesus Christ. They must accept. They must come to the fold of the church. If they are not brought to the fold of the church, our mission is incomplete. That's why many churches are not growing. Not that we are not involved in mission, but we are not doing complete mission. We are no, doing half-hearted mission. We do many activities, but all activities don't produce churches, don't grow churches. That's why many of our churches are having empty chairs and empty pews, because the church is not growing. So. Look at the shepherd. Hey, I found the sheep. Hey, you found the sheep? Where is the sheep? Oh, I left it in the jungle and came. Oh, you fool. <laughs> All right? His family members, people will say, hey, you are a fool. You found the sheep, bring it to the sheepfold. Then only we can rejoice. But our often friends, we don't do that. We don't do that. That's why our churches are not growing. So the, the purpose of mission is always salvation, conversion, baptism, church planting, church growth. Is it happening? We have to ask all our short-term teams. We have to ask our mission pastor. We have to ask our people, is that church growing? If not, something wrong with our missionary work. Finally, the sixth, the fifth lesson we learned, there was joy and there was celebration. Repeatedly, there are 10 verses talks about celebration, joy. First, the shepherd said, come, rejoice. The lady said, come, rejoice. I found the coin. And the father said, rejoice. Let's have a celebration. My son has come back. <clears throat> Friends, mission is always a celebration. All right? I've been a missionary for 43 years. No regret. I'm so happy. I'm blessed by God. 
good health. I am 68 this year. And I have three children and 10 grandchildren, all right? I have to count. <laughs> and friends, I have studied my doctorate in your country, Gordon Conwell Seminary. I've written 15 books. Some of the books are there, you can purchase. God has blessed me being a missionary. So mission is always a celebration. It is not a burden. It's always a joy. And therefore, when we bring people to Christ, there is a joy in heaven. There is a joy before the angels. And that gives joy to our heavenly father. Can I ask you a question? When did you bring joy to our heavenly father? By praying for mission, by giving for mission, by going for mission, by bringing people to Christ, we bring joy to our heavenly father. Now, the story is not ending there. I thought of finishing my sermon there, but there is a second part to that, all right? So that second part is part of the third parable. <clears throat> it is about the older brother. It, there are eight verses, talks about this, the second part of the parable. So we always call it a prodigal son, that's all right. But what about the eldest son? Why he is in the picture? So someone has said, they written, the lost sons, plural, the lost sons. One is lost in sin, rebellion. Another elder brother lost in self-righteousness. Both need repentance. One is lost in sin, he repented, came home. Another brother sitting at home, he is rebelling against his father, telling that I am righteous, I am good. Every church has both. Saved sinners, but also self-righteous Christians. There are many nominal Christians, every church. They are self-righteous Christians. They are very boastful. We have been here for three generations, five generations, so what? We have been here, member for 30 years, 50 years. We have given millions of Dollar, so what? Every church has elder brother and younger brother. Who are you this morning? But friends, here in this story, there are six lessons to learn about the elder brother. <clears throat> First, he was with the father at home, but he did not understand father's heart. Very strange. He thought, my father has forgotten my brother. He doesn't love him. I am the ch child. He is loving me only. My brother is gone. My father has forgotten. How strange. So when he came, when father has welcomed his younger brother, he is upset, angry. Friends, God loves the whole world. That's the words we have memorized from our childhood. John 3, 16. Do you know that? We have not understood that Bible word still. Still we think Jesus loves only me and my house, my church, especially the, our church, Presbyterians, especially the Bel Air. Friends, God loves the whole world. That's why I have come. He loves me and loves the mushahars, the rat eaters, the marginalized, the poor, and the suppressed, and the oppressed, and the hopeless people. God loves the whole world. That's, that, therefore, I should love the whole world. That's the way we all have, have global mission. And that's why he is not happy with his brother. And that's why some of our church members are not happy because we don't know our father's heart. We don't know. This is a theological problem. We have not understood our heavenly father that he loves the whole world. If we understand, we will not keep quiet. We will not keep quiet. We will do something about people who are away from God. The second lesson we learn, the elder brother, <clears throat> he knew his father, not as a father, but as a master. You know what was he was telling? I have been serving you. I have been slaving you all these years. What? How is that son will tell the father that I am serving you? I'm slaving you? He's not a servant. He's the owner of the house. Friends, 
Here is a wrong relationship with his father. Knowing father as a master and not as a father, and that's why he's not able to enjoy his brother coming home. It's not true in our church. Many people know God as master, and we are all serving him for some benefits. If the benefits are not getting, we are angry. Angry against God, angry against the pastor, against the church. And we demand that we are supposed to be blessed. Because all the, you know, the, maybe the offering we give, the church attendance, maybe we are busy in the, you know, different committees and all that. No, friends. We have to know God as our heavenly father, not as a master. We do mission because it brings joy to our heavenly father, not because we serve him as servants to get some benefits. No. The third lesson we learned from this, the elder brother did not enjoy the blessing of his family. He said, I have been serving you, but you have not given me anything. What? The whole house is before him. His father said, my son, the whole houses, the whole home, all the blessings of this house, everything is yours. But he said, you have not given even a young goat to enjoy with my friends. He was murmuring. He was working for some benefits. He was not having right relationship. Friends, there are Christians, even in our church, every church, we are always murmur, like Israelites. We always ask for some benefits, always have some worldly blessings. When we don't receive, we are upset, we are angry. And why we are not involved in mission? Because we have not enjoyed the blessing of the church. Church is the family of families. We have to enjoy the blessing. You know, when I go to the Mushahars, we have nothing to give. We are ordinary people. In those years, they used to give milk powder and rice and all that, oil, the missionaries. Now we are Indian missionaries, we have nothing. But you know, friends, I tell them, we have come to give you five blessings. That's a different sermon, but I'll tell you. Five blessings. I speak for about three hours in the church, in the village, with the translation and all that. So, first blessing, we become the children of God. Have you ever realized that we are all the children of God? No religion can tell that. No religion can talk about children of God. Second blessing, our sins are forgiven. In Hinduism, still they are searching. They are going holy bath, pilgrimage, many rituals. Their sins are not forgiven. But in Christ Christianity, we have the forgiveness of sin. And the third blessing, new life. We become new creation. Old things are passed away. We become new people. The fourth blessing, peace and joy. In Hinduism, they always search after peace. But in Christianity, our God gives his peace. The world cannot give, nor the world can take it away. In his name itself is the Prince of Peace. Only Christianity, we can have peace and joy. One more blessing, the hope of heaven, the hope of eternal life. All the religions are searching, where is heaven? And Jesus said, I am the way to heaven. Friends, all these blessings are in Christianity, in the church, in the family of God. Often we don't realize these blessings, we don't experience. So we have nothing to give to the people outside the church. If we enjoy the blessing of the church, then only we can give to the world. If we are not happy, we are not satisfied, we have nothing to give to the world. And therefore this morning, God is calling us to enjoy the blessings of this family of families. <clears throat> the fourth blessing, fourth thing, the elder brother addressed his son, addressed his younger brother as your son. Very strange. His father said, your brother has come. He said, the son of yours has all wasted away the money with the prostitutes. What? Son of yours, not his brother? Friends, that's a problem. That's the problem. When we have no relationship with God, we cannot relate to our brothers and sisters. Why we are not involved in mission? We have relationship problem. We don't see others as our brothers and sisters. 
And therefore this elder brother said, this is your son, not my brother. You know, Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor. That is mission. When we love God, then only we can love our neighbor. Then only we can be involved in mission. And when we see the world, our brothers and sisters, then only we can go and reach them. The fifth lesson we learn is the elder brother, he was self-righteous. He was accusing his younger brother. Who said that? He presumed that he is hopeless. He is, I am holier than thou attitude. And he was, he was so self-righteous. And he was accusing his brother. Friends, the Bible says all our righteousness are filthy rags. Nothing can be counted. We are, no one is good. All our righteousness cannot be accepted. And we have, nobody is righteous. And therefore, we have nothing to accuse the non-Christians, people outside the church. Finally, this elder brother was left outside the home. Very sad story. The rebelled sinner, younger brother, came home, enjoyed the blessing of his home. The elder brother, self-righteous, he also rebelled, and he was left outside the home. The Bible says, many are called, few are chosen. Those who are in the front, they will be at the back, and the back from the front. Sometimes we accuse others, they are sinners. Friends, we have to be careful that where we stand. As I said, every church has both. The repentant sinners, like the younger brother, but also self-righteous elder brothers. Friends, why we are not able to be involved in mission? Because we have a faulty theology. We have a wrong understanding of our God. Our God is a missionary God. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? The triune God is a missionary God. The very nature of God is mission. Mission originated in the heart of God. We have to go to the Genesis chapter 3. When Adam and Eve committed sin, God came down, Adam, Adam, where are you? Searching God. Then he cut an animal, gave them skin clothes, saving God. Then he said, I will send my son. Sending God. Friends, this is mission. As a church, we have to go and search and find them and bring them back to the fold of the church because our God is a missionary God. Jesus said, it, it is not the will of my heavenly father. Even one of these little ones should be perished. Yes, one of the little ones like the Mushahars, marginalized, poor, left out. The Bible also says, this is God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Friends, we have no excuse why we are not involved in mission. I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody. Your church is a great church giving for mission. As I said, 12 years, you have been partnering with that. Maybe, maybe there are people who are not part of the mission. Maybe some are like the elder brother. Even you are accusing why you have to give for mission. Why? Why mission? Friends, if you understand God's heart, then we will be involved in mission. The things that breaking the heart of God should break our heart. When you look at the people like Mushahars, nothing to eat. One dollar they earn a day. One dollar. Can you imagine that figure? One dollar a day. Even a coffee in your country costs three to five dollars. Sometimes ten dollars. But that is the people. God loves them. So we must love them. And when we love them, we are making God's heart happy. I must close, but I must tell you that I'm a missionary now, but also my whole family is a missionary family. We have three boys. Daniel, David, Joseph. All three Old Testament heroes by name. <laughs> and uh, they were born in the... In the jungles of Gujarat, we were missionaries among the tribals in Western India. They were all born. Then they were sent to the boarding school away from our home 
about 2,000 miles distance. They come only twice in a year. At the age of five, we send them. They lost our love, we lost their love. We used to cry when they go to the boarding school, but that is the cost of mission we paid. But God honored their sacrifice. God honored our sacrifice. God blessed our all the three boys. They excelled in studies. They excelled in all the uh, extracurricular activities. And then our eldest son went to the university. He became the follower of Michael Jackson. All right? <laughs> this is about 25 years back. <laughs> then he used to have, you know, uh, long hair and taunt pan and guitar. He used to sing and shout and scream. He said, hey, why you are screaming? He said, you people are singing from your throat. I'm singing from my stomach. Oh, that must be a different music from the stomach. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> but then he became so mad, he lost his faith. He wanted to be a great singer, but you know, he lost his faith. So we used to cry and pray. Then we took him around for counseling. And one day God touched him. He was transformed. And he went and cut his hair and changed his clothes and threw his guitar, went and studied. Then he became, uh, in the, uh, another university in Calcutta, he became so passionate for mission, he used to go around and help the children, street children and drug addicts. Then one day he said, Mommy, Daddy, I want to be a missionary. He was only 21 years old. He said, that's a long time back, woman, go and study. Later we will see. He said, no, I want to be a missionary now. For a month, he was sitting and crying. Then he said, if you're not taking, us as, taking me as a missionary, I will go and join some other mission. We said, no, no, don't go, come and work. So that's the way at the age of 21, he became a missionary. God blessed him. And he studied well, and he got married. He has six children, and he's a missionary now in the nearby uh, Bihar, in a state called Jharkhand. And he visited your church when uh, Pastor Enoch was here. So... God bless him. And then we have the second son in Florida. He's working for a company. The third son, he was a software engineer. He was working in Europe and America for seven years. At the age of 31, he said, Mommy, Daddy, we are coming as missionaries. He said, wait, wait, wait. Your elder brother is already a missionary. Why should you also come? You work, you work in America. You earn money. You go around the whole world. You know, all that we were talking. He said, no. I'm coming. Then one day he said, listen, I've seen the whole world. You know, if someone, young man, goes to Europe and America, that's all the whole world. We have seen the whole world. <laughs> then he was earning maybe like $5,000 a month. That's a big money for Indians, all right? He said, I have seen the big money, but nothing can be compared to God's mission. Hallelujah. <clears throat> young people, I'm talking to you. You want to see the whole world? Yeah, please see it. You want to earn big money? Earn it. But nothing can be compared to God's mission. God's mission is so noble, so blessing, and nothing can be compared. And so we have three boys, two of them are missionaries. We are very proud of our children. How many parents, how many children you have? How many of them are missionaries? Young people, you think the mission is outdated? No. Mission is very current. Even now, missionaries we need. Short-term or part-time or full-time. We need missionaries. Where are the Adoniram Judson? Where are the Ida Scudders? Where are the Amy Carmichael? Where are the City Stud? Where are the William Carey? I am a William Carey for my country. What about you, your children? This day, friends, we have to seriously think about our mission. Mission brings joy to our Heavenly Father. I want to ask you a question. When did you bring joy to your Heavenly Father? When? By praying? Yes. By giving? Yes. By giving a tract? Yes. A Bible? A New Testament? Yes. Going for a short-term team? Yes. In many ways. One way or the other, we all have to be involved in mission. By going or by sending, by giving, or by praying, one way or the other. Are we ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Today is a day of celebration because mission brings joy to your heart. There's joy in heaven. 
there is joy before the angels. I thank you for this church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who are involved in global mission. Thank you for all those who are praying, supporting the mission, but not the whole church. Oh God, I pray for those who are like the elder brother, spectators. They are grieved, complaining. They are not happy. Oh God, help them this morning. I want to ask the church if anyone would like to make a decision, you pray. Oh God, today onwards, I want to make you happy by prayer, by giving, by going, by sending. I want to be a missionary, oh God. I want to be a missionary. If you are making such a decision, please stand up. I will pray. I will bless you. If anyone would like to say, yes, Lord, I want to be a missionary. Young people, children, if God has spoken to you, tell her, yes, Lord, I want to be a missionary. Anyone would like to say that? I want to pray more. I'm not praying. I want to pray. Please stand up. I want to pray, fasting and prayer for mission around the world. If anyone wants to say, I have, God has blessed me with good business, good job, I have money, I want to give more money for mission, please stand up. Maybe you have no time to pray, but you can give for God. Yes, you are not giving enough, you can give more. Yes, yes, God bless you. Parents, dedicate your children, your grandchildren for mission. You have the authority, you have blessed your children. You tell, yes, Lord, I want to dedicate my children, please stand up, yes. I want my children to go as missionaries, yes. Thank you. Anyone else join? Many are standing. Thank you. Anyone else want to take a decision? Yes. I have been behaving like a elder brother. I have not understood my father's heart. Today I commit myself to understand my father's heart, to bring joy to my father's heart. Please stand up. You want to bring joy to your heavenly father? Please stand up. God bless you. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The whole church is standing. Yes, this is a missionary church, like an Antioch church. God bless you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my brothers and sisters, Lord. They responded to your voice. Oh God, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? They have understood the heartbeat of God, the missionary heartbeat. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, their decision to pray, to give to go, to send. May this church become like a church in Antioch. Sending church, supporting church, praying church. Bless every one of them in their job, in their business, in their studies. Prosper them as you have prospered me, as you have made me happy person. Let everyone rejoice in doing mission because we make your heart happy, Lord. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Panraj, you hit the nail on the head when you said that this is a missionary church. I need you to hear that church, whether you're here in person or you're online, that this is not a group of people that just has a missionary department that just some people get involved in. Because the reality is that God is on a mission. And he has a church to carry out that mission. If you are a follower of Jesus, Scripture says you are now an ambassador for Christ. You are God's strategy to reach the world. And we're going to be a church that makes an impact globally and locally. And we're not going to just give to just some people to go. We, as a church, are going to give ourselves in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our vacations. Do you have any idea that over 140 countries live in Los Angeles? That over 250 languages are spoken just in Los Angeles? So we sure can reach the globe if we're not willing to reach the globe here. And it's your coworkers. You might not refer to them as mushahars, but they're marginalized. And God says to you, in your private practice, in your public corporation, in your schools, in your neighborhood, in your organizations, in your clubs, who will go for me?
whom shall I send? And I saw you stand like Isaiah. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. And we're sure not going to be a church that just reaches our city and not the globe. In fact, we have partners. One of them, many of them here, who are making such a tremendous impact. In fact, take a look at this image on the screen. We have partners around the globe that we've been partners with for, some of them, decades. And I want you just to hear some of what you are going to do through them, through your giving. You might not realize this, but when you give to Bel Air Church, you are helping the leadership of this church make commitments to these churches around the globe. In fact, as we got back towards financial health in this last fiscal year, you heard me share that we were able to meet our commitments to our local and our global partners. Well, as we start this brand new fiscal year, we've made commitments to our global partners, and we're going to be good on those commitments. In fact, in Brazil, it's all about evangelism. It's about reaching the poor. Do you realize that just for us giving to this church and making our commitment to those uh, Christian leaders of Manaus Presbyterian, along the way, 15,000 people are going to receive medical and dental care. Camps are going to be run for kids. Lives will be transformed. In the Congo, you've heard me share that there's tremendous tribal warfare going on. And the commitments that our leadership has made to that church in the Congo as we give towards this church, as we make that commitment, over 100,000 people will receive aid. In fact, people are going to come to Christ because of that commitment. In Egypt this year, they're planning, because we're committed to them, they're going to run a discipleship school in Baghdad, Iraq. And our commitment to them is that we're going to help fund the leaders of that discipleship camp in northern Iraq. In China, our team just got back. It's all about education, raising up people, not only to build the largest elderly facility in China, but also to provide special education for people who are deaf, mute, blind, and disabled, to help scholarship people to go to seminary. In South Africa, team's about to go again. And the ministry that they do there with the church in Embo, they reach not only the people in the community who are just ravaged by AIDS and poverty, but they're doing ministry in a prison system that has 6,000 inmates. And I love how in India, we know that the goal to reach a million people by the year 2020, that's 18 months from now. It's not like by 2050, that's by 2020. And the fact that you're on track to do so, one of the key things to enable that is to raise up women to be teachers of Scripture. And the commitment that we've made to that church is going to help fund the training of 40 women to be Bible teachers, to raise up 10 church planters, to raise up 20 teachers. You see, Bel Air, I imagine there's, there's a number of people who come and they say, oh, oh yeah, this is the part in the service where this is the tithes and offerings. Look at this place. I mean, it's big and it's got lights and it's got air conditioning. They don't need my money. That's an ignorant statement. Because it's a statement that comes from a belief that all we care about is what we see. But the truth is that we as a church, 24-7, 365, are making an impact in this city and around the globe. And we've got a great group of leaders on our staff who are prayerfully saying, God, how would you use the resources that God is giving us to bless people in this city and around the globe? So know that today as you give, it goes towards the revival and renewal of people and neighborhoods and cities around the globe. And as you give today, perhaps you want to just, as a reminder to you, you want to put on the memo of your check the word global. And we'll know that whatever you write on that check, that 100% of that is going to go towards fulfilling our commitment that we've made towards our global partners. 
Some of you, you give on PushPay online. In fact, we've made a drop-down. You know what that is. If you've done it before, you can drop-down menu, choose global partners, and all of what you give today will go towards making our commitment to our global partners that we can get ahead at the beginning of the year. But it's going to take every single one of us, not only in giving our finances, but it's, it's giving our prayer. It's giving our lives. And it's being willing to leave the walls of this sanctuary and to realize you are now out in the mission field. You are sent into this city, into your neighborhoods, into your workplaces to be Christ's hands and Christ's feet. Scripture says the harvest is plentiful. It's true in India. It's true in L.A. Scripture says, but the problem is the workers are few. I look around, I've come to know many of you. I see you stand, I see your hearts, I see you serve in the city around the globe. There's some workers here, many workers here. Let me pray for our offering of our lives and our finances right now. Loving God, in this moment, as the ushers will come forward and receive our tithes and offerings, may this be simply just a, a small piece, a small part of what we choose to give to you, to invest in your kingdom come here on earth as is in heaven. God, may this be a catalytic moment where maybe for the first time some of us hear, oh, a missionary isn't just somebody else. I'm a missionary. I've been called by God. I'm an ambassador for Christ. And I can do that today. So Jesus, empower us to be that kind of church, joining you in your work here and around the globe. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.